Welcome back, everybody, to episode 11 of The Valkyrie Cast, a podcast about movies, TV, and video games. I'm your host, Matt. Along with me are my co-hosts. First off, we have Drew. Hey, guys. And, of course, as always, good old Tommy. What's up? So what we're going to do to start off this episode that's a little different is we've decided for our new section, because we tend to get talking about news way longer than we mean to, so we're going to give this a try where... Uh, we each pick something that stuck out to us from the week, whether it's a news story or maybe just a fun story or something that we just think is interesting and we want to share with the other, with all of us. Um, we'll come up with a name with this for this eventually, but for now we're just going to keep eventually. calling it news. Eventually. Um, so uh, I'll go first. So this came out today, and I think this is super, super interesting, but Netflix has bought um, a comic book company called Miller World. It is um, a comic book company owned by a a guy named Mark Miller, who's a writer. I believe, I know he worked with Marvel for like eight years. Um, I believe he was part of the team that did the original Civil War storyline. I don't know that 100%. I, I read that somewhere, but I couldn't find it, the article I read that in. Um, but yeah, so Netflix has bought Miller World and along with it all of the rights to these comic books so we could see television series or Netflix movies over all these different comics. Um, the three biggest ones that this company has made are Kick-Ass, Kingsman, and the Wanted movie. Um, now, Netflix isn't going to have the rights to Kick-Ass and Kingsman because, um, other com- other movie companies already have the rights to make movies and stuff on that. But everything yeah, else that Say what? They've already made those movies. Is yeah, the, but they're the still making them. They've made oh, oh, Yeah, there's, there's a new Kingsman coming out. There's a second there's Kingsman coming out in a couple months and then I wouldn't be surprised if they have another Kickass in the works. Um but it, that hasn't been very long since then and you know, they hold the rights for a while uh, for like I want to say like 3 or 4 years after a movie until they make another one. I could be do, wrong. If on they that. keep making them, do they keep the rights? Is that how that works? Pretty much. That's why we keep seeing a Fantastic Four every few years, and we keep seeing so X Men and out. stuff. It's that's yeah. that's at least, and you know, I don't know the legal mumbo jumbo of it, but that's that's the biggest reason that you keep seeing reboots of. We kept seeing Spider Man reboots and Fantastic Four reboots and X Men reboots because you keep making the movies, you keep that you basically keep the rights to it. Yeah, if you don't use it, sense. it falls back to the company, I believe. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 excited for this. You know, it, I think Netflix has definitely proved that they can pull off good, decent content on their own, like original content, and they just keep pushing more and more out. So I think it's a smart move. Um, I've looked up some of the comics that fall under this. I don't recognize any of them besides the ones that have had movies already made for them. Um, but they look interesting. They look like it's a lot of rich potential for stuff. And you know. I like the adaptations of these comics. Like Kingsman's one of my favorite movies. Um, Kick-Ass is, you know, interesting. I think Wanted was a super interesting concept. The movie just wasn't that great. So I'm kind of interested to see if they do like a television series based on that comic or something. Um, What do you guys think of this? Any thoughts and our opinions? I mean, Netflix is just, I mean, I guess they're doing what Disney and I guess Warner Brothers did with DC and Disney did with Marvel, um, which has obviously Mm -hmm. worked. I mean, uh, I think it's interesting. I don't. I don't know a ton about this comic company, and besides the few you've mentioned, honestly, I didn't even realize they were comic book movies. Uh, but 
it's interesting to see for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows? Well, Netflix has only, done some cool stuff. I could see them becoming like Disney level of something one day. Like they just keep growing and getting bigger and bigger. Absolutely. What do you think, Tommy? I think it's an interesting move, and I kind of agree with Drew. Like I'm, I'm really curious to see where Netflix continues to grow and shift in the market, and it's. You know, obviously Netflix is an interesting entity in the fact that they have created their own niche, period, yeah. and they're just kind of reaching out and, um, you know, they have a really good record of making some good stuff and they have a record of making some, you know, so other stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I'll be curious to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Now, Tommy, being our, our resident, not loving the superhero trend of movies, um, knowing that three of the comics that have been up adapted they're they're different they're not the traditional superhero movies like you know wanted and kingsman like drew didn't even know kingsman was based on a comic does that make you more excited because based on the other stuff that's come out of it these are a little bit different it's not the traditional superheroes or are you still kind of whatever about until it comes out you don't you won't really have an opinion yeah i i i don't really have a super high opinion the only one of those movies that are the only like uh franchise that i've seen out of the ones that have been you know named here is kingsman i saw the first one mm-hmm. i mean i liked it um i guess you know as comic book movies go it's a pretty good comic book movie but um you know i guess i'm kind of i'm just indifferent Mm-hmm. i understand yeah. that i'm you know like i said i like the original concept of wanted i don't know I, y'all just both said y'all haven't seen it it's i don't know if you remember it was that movie where with angelina jolie and um uh, I can't remember the main guy's name. He plays, he's the new uh, Professor X actor. But anyway, the, it was the movie where they like curve the bullets and stuff by like, they oh. like, throw, throw their arms around I do and remember the bullets the curve. curve around things. Yeah, which I think Mythbusters like prove that that's just not Oh, possible, of which is pretty, <laughs> but I think that like people, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that, but I'm having like a memory right now of watching an episode and sitting there thinking like, why do you need to prove that this doesn't doesn't work? Like anyone who's ever shot a gun understands that this is not how it works. But you know, cool. All right, Tommy, what do you got for us? What's your story? All right, so I'm gonna differ a little bit from the entertainment side. I've got a kind of good, uplifting story um, that I want to share. Actually, it, it broke today in Toronto. Um, a police officer was called to a shopping center um, to arrest a young man who had stolen some items. And it turns out he was stealing a like a dress shirt, some socks, and a tie. And he was stealing them because he didn't have money to look nice for this job interview. So instead of the police officer arresting him, booking him, do all this stuff, the police officer actually walked back in the store and bought him the shirt, the tie, and the socks to kind of give him a, you know, uh, help him out. And I, to me, I, I awesome. love that story. Like, it's a great yeah. story of just, you know, the the hope for humanity hashtag kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always enjoy people doing good and treating other people like actual people. Faith in humanity restored. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. nice to hear. Yeah, I just found the article. That's that's super awesome. Uh, good, good, good story, Tommy. I'm glad you brought that one up. Cops get a lot of crap about sometimes. Some positivity. So it's nice to hear them doing something nice and yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've gotten a lot of crap from crops sometimes. Yeah, live too. That the all the that, that the corn, corn man, that corn man, the corn and those potatoes—you <laughs> just don't know what they get into. 
I like how all of us went to Children corn, by the way. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Children why. Children of the corn. Oh, that's funny. We don't even live in a corn-heavy area. Anyways. <laughs> well, um, my news point... is so less intimidating. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just fuzzy. Children of the cabbage. <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring. Cabbage patch kids. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, now that we're well off topic, my news point is about as random as that. Um, It does not as feel good as that or really as informative as Matt's. Basically, they made a fifth Sharknado movie, and (laughs) I just felt like the world needed to know that that was a thing. I think it's Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. This is why why up until now I picked the news stories. (laughs) Oh, no, I understand completely. (laughs) But um, I, I must attest I've not seen it yet. Um, I'm looking at some like shots from it, and it looks ridiculous. My wife has seen like the first Sharknado, and I've watched part of it, and it's not good. But um, but I don't think it's supposed to be good. So, anyways, I'm just listen. I'm just amazed they're doing five of them. Um, that they've gotten to f- the fifth one without being like, maybe we shouldn't do this, or maybe that, that's just part of it. They're just playing into it at this point. They're like, bad movies get tons of sequels, so we'll just keep going. Well, I mean, there's always been a million of those like. Uh, shark versus giant octopus. Like that's true. Mecha yeah. shark versus mega gator or something. <laughs> there's something. There's something weirdly satisfying about watching those movies. Just just knowing that they're terrible. Like obviously there's a niche for them because sci-fi just continually makes these horrible monster and random movies. I remember watching one in college with, because we just got on that kick we were like, let's watch a really bad sci-fi movie. And we watched some movie about the Chupacabra and there was... Chupacabra. I'm not even making this up. There was all these little Chupacabras running around. They looked like wolves. And legit, there was a guy who runs up, like, there's people hanging out on a football field or something, and like, the Chupacabras show up and start start eating people and whatnot and this dude runs up to the camera and legit goes these we got chupacabras up in here and then like the chupacabra grabs him by the leg and throws him like over through the field goal thing it was the dumbest cheesiest thing ever yeah but it was the yeah. funny like we t- we laughed at that we rewind and l- watched that one scene like 50 times because we just were laughing so hard at the we got chupacabras up in here and then <laughs> oh man okay so well, shark, shark native yeah fun. shark native five five that's the big news is that it's made it you know some things don't ever make it past one but somehow Sharknado's on the fifth one of them. So there and you then go. sometimes we have to suffer through things like a seventh or eighth saw film yeah yeah that speaks volumes to what kind of content we enjoy, apparently. Speaking of <laughs> content that we enjoy, based on our topic we had a couple weeks ago where we talked about our favorite box office flops, today our topic is our least favorite box office successes. So these are movies that are successful in the box office um, that we just don't like. And yep. what's sad is this is more common than you think. Um for there to be movies that make tons and tons of money that are just not good movies. So, yeah. So, we've each picked three, and we're all going to talk about it. So, these are movies that, by all standards of money being made, have, um, you know, done really, really, really well. But, yeah. by our standards, 
and and this is 100% opinion. Some of these might still be good movies to some people, but these are just movies that we don't like or we don't think are very good and don't deserve to make the tons and tons of of money, you know. So, Drew, why don't you start us off with your number one? My number one. Now, okay, so my my number one and the probably the one that I feel the most bad about i guess if that's a good way of putting it i don't here's the thing all right so here's here's probably my number one out of my top three is um 2009's avatar now here's here's why this movie made a ton of money like um i've got on my notes that it made 760 million i think that's just domestic um but matt you were saying some crazy numbers i think this is like the top grossing box office in the world yeah right? so i've got the top 100 in front of me and avatar is still number one um worldwide it's made 2.7 billion dollars it made 760 million domestic and it overseas alone it made the two billion so like overseas by itself like broke almost broke That's the record crazy. titanic's number two and it's 2.1 billion so like just an overseas sell alone avatar almost had the record um with that well, alone so yeah it's yeah. crazy well and th- this is a great point because james james cameron made both of these movies titanic and avatar but i still feel like i hear people say they want to go see titanic or watch that again like i think the biggest issue with avatar is indifference like people don't necessarily hate it but they don't ever talk about it. Um, for it to be have made that much money, brought in that much thing, like I can't tell you the last time I've heard anyone say, "Hey, one of my favorite movies of all time was Avatar," or uh, "Let's go watch Avatar" or something like that. It's just, I don't know. It, it I, I'm just feel completely indifferent about it. I don't know how you guys feel about it. When was the last time any of you guys actually tried to turn on or watch Avatar? No, there's a great point. I saw it in theaters because it was one of the first movies that was 3D that was actually good. And then the Finger. 3D trend started. And and this is going off completely based on what I remember. It probably wasn't any better than every other 3D movie. But I remember that being the first time that the 3D I thought was cool and looked good. And then after after that, everything became 3D. That, was, that became the new trend. And I just started hating it. But I, I know for most people that was the big the big thing that brought people to the movies was this visually stunning movie that was in 3D and it was just like so amazing. But the the last time I talked about this because I was I'm with Drew on this that this was going to be on my list, but um, we we talked through it earlier so we made sure we didn't have the same ones. Um, it's not a bad movie. It's just a kind of a whatever movie, and for it to be the number one worldwide, it should at least be a good movie and drew you make a good point with it's just kind of whatever because i'd almost rather a movie be good really good or bad because at least bad movies we still watch just like the freaking sharknado obviously people enjoy watching that because they keep making them i'd rather a movie be really bad good or really good don't be just somewhere like floating in okay you know does that make sense sure no no, it makes sense. I remember us talking about this back when Star Wars came out and everybody was really hoping it, that it would break the box office records. Yeah. Which speaks volumes when you think about people were like hoping that the movie that's number one would fall. And I remember somebody asking me this question. They were like, with Star Wars, there's tons of like iconic characters. But he said, name, can you name one Avatar character? 
blue person. And, yeah, that's what I blue said. People. That's blue what guy. Tommy said. He was like blue guy, and yeah. the, I know one. I know the main guy's name is Jake Sully, and the only reason I know that is because the character says it with a funny accent, with like their like native accent. She says like Jake Sully. And it's like just it, it kind of made me slowly sounded funny and it kind of made me chuckle and that's the only reason I remember that his character's name was Jake Sully but I know no one else's name in that movie and so I think that speaks volumes of how memorable and how rewatchable that kind of movie is. Well, and I think that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest hurt against this is like because there are movies we all know and games and books and everything that people just hate like venomously hate, um, but like people just don't care about this and i feel like that's almost even worse um one of the questions i asked myself when i was going through this and kind of putting my list together was who made it a hit like how did this happen and the answer i ultimately got was it really is everyone's fault i mean i know i went to see this did you guys go to see this movie uh yeah i i saw it only because a friend of mine needed uh a double date (laughs) so i went out of pity for a buddy but yeah, but I think you know I went to see it, and Matt, I think you mentioned this a minute ago. Is it technically was really cool because it was 3D that wasn't like gimmicky. It actually was subtle. It was really mm-hmm. the first time you, we saw that. You know, nowadays if you go to a 3D movie, things aren't jumping out at you like they were in those really early days of 3D movies. Um, but ultimately, all I remember about it is it's basically Pocahontas in space. Mm-hmm. Meets Fern Gully. Meets you, yeah, yeah Fern Gully meets. Pocahontas. Exactly. I do remember the, thinking the space shuttle was really cool, but that's like the only thing I remember out of it. Besides Michelle the- Rodriguez, I'm sorry, yeah. I've I've got a yeah, that's, yeah that yeah her <laughs> ship. Those little jets were cool too. Um, Drew, you asking that question though, like who, what made this movie popular though? And I think this is going to be a recurring theme with some of these movies. Some movies are just way more popular overseas and everywhere else in the world yeah and this is a prime example of this made a ton of money here domestic i mean well, yeah i mean it was like seven seven hundred and sixty million dollars is impressive. nothing to be that's nothing to be shy about but two billion of it came from overseas which yeah. means a ton of freaking people watch this movie everywhere else in the world over and over again so and there's other movies and we'll talk about these with our list because i know at least one of them is going to come up where the success of these and the continuous success almost hands like almost single-handedly comes from the overseas market yeah and so that's something to consider and think about but i mean we still play a factor in it so we're yeah. all to blame it's, yep. we're all to blame. <laughs> it's all your fault people uh speaking of all your faults uh everyone to blame i know what tommy's first one is i'm I'm sure we can all know where i'm going with this Um, (laughs) but i list every marvel film (laughs) mcu fox (laughs) sony i love all to blame according to to tommy even one episode i feel like you've mentioned at least in every episode that you hate marvel i dude there's this burning disdain in my soul for the mcu yeah, MCU, not Marvel. I know you love you some Spider-Man. I do love me Spider-Man. But uh, I think if I had to like pinpoint one specifically, though, from the top of this list, it's Age of Ultron. Because I think that was the first time I ever was excited to go see an MCU film. Oh, because man. the trailer was amazing. And I love... Um, 
dadgummit. How did I forget his name already? He plays on Blacklist. Um, he was the oh, bad the guy. Oh, the dude voices him. Um, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. It's Ultron, and what's his yeah. name? Blacklist. Yeah, this guy's. Keep talking. Uh, anyways, I was super excited to see him as this villain. I He's loved villain. the creepy, like, child rhyme. I thought this movie was going oh, to be way different than the terrible piece of crap I was paying to watch. James Spader. Thank That's you. It. Got you. I'm He's just going to really leave my IMDb open. Thoughtful I obviously need it. <laughs> we all do. You know, mm-hmm. when the Pinocchio theme was like over that trailer, I remember that oh, being that like, oh my goodness. It was so creepy. Oh, man. You know, that 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 makes me realize we need to do a topic because I've wanted to do a topic in the future of, of movie trailers ruining movies, like spoiling too much, but like we just need to talk about like movie trailers and how trailers are done now compared to the past. That that's going to be something we're going to do in the future because that prime that right there is a prime example of the the creepy Pinocchio, which just makes it seem like it's going to be such a scary epic movie. And it, I mean, it was alright. It's not my favorite. <laughs> Tommy, why didn't you like it? Um, that's like, a well, really well, long list. We don't have time for that. My general. That's like the weakest point of probably the MCU. A lot of people think like that's probably the worst movie that's come out. Well, I think short age. It was like a week of Ultron. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nobody because it just it (laughs) flopped. It was horrible. It was just nobody cared about it. It was not. It was nothing that anybody expected it to be. And I think there were too many failed opportunities. And I think that Ultron was honestly a failed nemesis. He, um, in a lot of ways, and as much as I love, love James Spader, he played the exact same character that he plays in Blacklist. Yeah. And I think this was an opportunity for him to get a little more sadistic and evil and really hone being a villain, and he'd make a fantastic villain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, Tommy, you can't say it was a flop because it made $1.4 billion. It's number Look. seven worldwide. Just because all the sheep jump off the ledge, <laughs> yeah, doesn't mean there's paradise below. But you use since you used the word specifically flop, I thought I would just add. No, that's fair. Throw that's that fair. It it does. Y'all hate it though. It bums me out that it's as high as it is for the worldwide. I will say that I I commented that to Drew earlier. Yeah, there's other ones up there that I'm like I totally see that, but that one it it and listen, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. But it baffles me that Age of Ultron is above Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. No. It's right above it. Mm. So that 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 I baffles me. That. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, and I'm just like, I don't know if I. But you know, that just goes to show that the numbers don't always reflect the quality of the movie. That's well, that's think... going to be the biggest thing we're going to get take away from these movies that we talk about. Well, I think hype probably played into that, and we're entering more and more into a time that a movie can be hyped up like crazy and not necessarily deliver and still rake in tons of money. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, for instance, the first Avengers movie, everyone walked in being like, is this even going to work back in 2012? And they did a really great job of balancing it out, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got, like, the next Avengers movie, and you're like, man, they surprised us so much and everything else. You know, to some degrees, it kind of did get... I mean, the trailer being what it was hyping it to be something it is and then it just ended up not being that it was just a disappointment for a lot of people mm-hmm. no, I agree with that alright so I guess it's my turn to, to pick one 
Um, so I think my number one is going to be, I'll do my shorter, my one I don't think we'll talk about much because we've already talked about it a lot in a couple episodes back. And I, that is Spider-Man three, mm-hmm. Spider-Man three made a lot of money. Um, I don't have the exact number. I can probably find it here in a minute, but, oh, there it is. Uh, it made $890 million. And so it made a good mid- bit of money and it's just not that great. Like, we talked about it in detail, so I won't go into big details of it in our Spider-Man Homecoming episode, but, like, the biggest thing, this is a great example of, of Drew talking about the hype letting us down because everybody was super pumped about this movie because Spider-Man 2 was so good, and it ended on a little bit of a cliffhanger, yeah. and, like, because I didn't even think about this until later on, but, like, Spider-Man 2 ends with Mary Jane leaving her husband at the altar for Peter and Harry Osborn finding the his dad, the Green Goblin lair and stuff. And that's how the movie ends. So Spider-Man 3 is coming off these two big, like, shocking ending things of like, oh, where is this going to go? I need to know. So that's why everybody flocked to the movies to see a, villains that weren't good, iconic villains that weren't done well, a movie that just had too much going on and, like, also emo dancing peter parker and you <laughs> oh, know, so bad. we don't we don't need we don't need to you know kill it anymore we we all know why we don't care for that movie um but it was one that when going through this list i thought i had to at least mention it because it's probably it, it bums me out that it it's so high up there and it's 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 you know it's not great yeah yeah that's fair thoughts on so that? for me mentioning hype Mm-hmm. The next one on my list, and let me just start with a story. The year, if I can oh, put gosh. you back into this, is 1999, okay? What is this, Campfire Tales? <laughs> Maybe, but but in the middle, and I'm not telling you guys it is. So, 1999, <laughs> I think I am 12 years old, and um, we're eight. on a trip with my family, and me and my, my brother, Matt, here, and our other brother, Zach, um, beg my parents beg with every single thing we can to go see oh, yeah. a movie that's coming out and what is that movie you might ask is star wars episode one the phantom menace now i do want to premise this before i say this because i think all the prequels like are just not really great movies overall but i love star wars like so much and like even though the phantom menace i like is not a movie i necessarily enjoy now as much um there's just still a part of me that loves that pod racing scene from when I was 12 years old as a kid. <laughs> but like talking about movies yeah, that were overhyped, this, this thing brought in $470 million in 99. That was like the gross of it. And it's crazy to think that, I mean, I, I don't know. That may have been the first example of something that had just gotten so overhyped. Like people had such expectations that I don't even think if the movie would have been amazing that it would have ever really lived up to uh, to what people really wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair that's a fair assessment. And I yeah. I like it. I think it's a I think it's a good example that we see in these movies a lot of times is that you know they took what Star Wars had made, um, the goodwill that had been built up in all this tra- trilogy, and then they kind of just built it and built it and built it, and then we get Jar Jar Binks who I hate with every fiber of my being. I did like George R. Binks as a kid, and like that's the whole purpose of him being there, supposedly, was to make kids like him. But, mm. you know, it was just, it just was, 
you know, I don't think any Star Wars movie wants to start off with trade negotiations. And that's what we got. Um, <laughs> that's and, fair. Yeah, Everybody and I mean, wants to know about the Senate. In a yeah, world the Senate and trade lizards. negotiations. And then we had, this is pod racing. Oh, gosh. That was, <laughs> it's working. Yeah, I'd, so. I, I'd agree with listen, you on that. Yeah, and I think I think that kind of probably applies a little bit to all the prequels. I think Attack of the Clones is really not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't even feel like a Star Wars movie. And then Revenge of the Sith, they all have high points. Like I do think the lightsaber fight in Episode One is my favorite lightsaber fight. Like between Darth Maul and Qui Gon and Obi Wan, that's like yes. my favorite lightsaber fight hands mm-hmm. down. But one lightsaber fight can't save a whole movie. So. Mm-hmm. But I would almost even argue that I could probably justify that episode one's better than episode two. Because I would agree with that. Now, there's a lot of cheesy stuff in it, but like episode two is just messy. So but I got a question, guys. What is episode two? Attack Tommy Clones. doesn't believe. No, I was just. No, I'm... He just erased <laughs> it out of his memory. Uh. He doesn't believe. Anakin just instantly became like an adult who's kind of annoying as well. Listen, yeah. Clone Wars, the Clone Wars series, cartoon series saved the character Yo, of Anakin I'd agree Skywalker with that. for me. Like, they do his character justice, and I'm so glad that I took the chance and watched all of Clone Wars because it's it's fantastic, and it, it saved a lot of what came out of the prequels for me and made me go, okay, I can I, I can accept that. So I think, I think the Clone Wars just showed that George Lucas doesn't know how to direct, maybe. I don't know. Like, that whole love scene thing, or, like, the whole, like love story between like and was just terrible like it, it didn't feel it no one everywhere. no one's ever said this is my love story this awkward mess of this is how this is how i fell in love with your mother right here like that's not how uh, it's just so bad um and they also try to make boba fett cool and side note boba fett's not cool he does nothing in the Whoa. movies Whoa, nothing careful. Careful. i'm drawing lines but i stand by it. boba oh, no. fett does no, I'm, nothing. I'm, I'm with you drew i think that uh episode two tarnished boba fett's legacy if anything oh man i mean listen here's the thing about that i've never i've always thought boba fett was overrated and i had the longest argument i don't argue with people i had the longest argument about that character with my friend landon and like for like so yeah I'm just saying, like, people are going to be like, I can't believe you said that about Boba Fett. You know, in the extended universe, he blah, 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 and he survived the Sarlacc pick. When I see it in a movie, I'll believe it. Anyway, <laughs> who's next? Or do, you, or do we have anything else we want to add on Star Wars? I love Star Wars, even though they sometimes let me down. No, I agree. It's fair. There's that part of me that, like, still loves the prequels because I saw them as, ch- as a kid. So no, like, I get there's that. that, that, like, there's that part of me that can look past all my film training and stuff like that and go, oh, I love these movies. And then there's the part yeah. of me that goes, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, episode one is totally a nostalgia trip. Yeah, no, <laughs> yes. it definitely is. Yeah. And I think I think maybe that's some of the lens I like. I look through it at is that, you know, I still like it because I remember that trip where, I mean, my dad fell asleep in the movie theater and went to see it. That should have been a hint that it wasn't a great movie. I but don't like I said, I just remember the movie being amazing. Yeah, well, and again, we were, I mean, we made it. We got them all that money. All those kids begging our parents to go and all the people who grew up watching Star Wars. It's the Please reason that Please when December rolls around that I'm going to probably go see it a few times because it's just Star Wars. I mean... Please, Mom, there's there's a double-bladed lightsaber. I need to see it. Double-bladed lightsaber. <laughs> Please, I need to. Cool. All right, Tommy, what's your number two? 
Um, this was a tough one to pick out, uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna go with Pirates Three mm, at Pirates World's End. At right? Is that World the End? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. the third one. Well, it's got such a, a similar name to that amazing Edgar Wright film, The World's End. So I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't, because I love, oh, I yeah. love The World's End. I gotta find it on this list. I know it's here. Oh, there it is. All right, it made. Nine hundred and sixty-three million worldwide. Three hundred. That's a lot 300, of clams. Three hundred and nine yeah. million domestic. I'm gonna try to hey, start emphasizing want, the domestic. I just want to make sure I'm thinking the right movie. Is this the one like at the end where they just end up in like a huge like vortex Global. shooting pirate yeah. ships? Yep. Because that may be the only thing I remember thinking it was completely ridiculous and kind of cool. At the same oh, time. you don't remember the girl who like got giant uh, and turned into a bunch of crabs? Yeah. <laughs> that whole Calypso thing made like if they took that part out, I don't think it'd be as it still wouldn't be great, but it wouldn't be as bad. That part just was didn't didn't no what sense. who's the who's the girl actress? Is that Kira Knightley? Kira Knightley. Yeah. Kira Didn't Knightley. she like become a captain by the end of no, that movie? No, she became that king happened? of the pirates. Oh yeah. L- yeah I don't from remember one much piece about this movie, really guys. Sad. Yep, y'all don't, don't know. Never mind. Y'all don't know what that is. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> What do you not like about Pirates 3, Tommy? Everything. I think the only thing I enjoyed in that was the like schizophrenic moment that uh um uh John Sparrow had with Jack you know, Sparrow. Multi- yeah, John, John Sparrow. Sorry, there's so much John Snow stuff going on the internet because of Game of Thrones. That's Captain Jack Sparrow to you, Tommy. Um so uh, I enjoyed the multi personality disorder problem that Captain oh, yeah. Jack Sparrow had, and I bet really you cool. one of those one of those personalities was named John Sparrow because he was confused. Yep. Yeah, you're right. There it is. He's probably the one who tried to eat the peanut. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I enjoyed the Pirates movies. I need to go back and rewatch them because I probably would see more of the flaws now that's been a little while. But I almost put. Pirates 4 on Stranger Tides on my list because for me at least 2 and 3 fit together well and kind of keep it you know I mean <laughs> maybe not well they, let me rephrase that they continued the story okay. from 2 to 3 and then they tried to do 4 on Stranger Tides which by the way made more money than than at World's End I think yep Good. it's made a billion didn't they wait a little bit though? Like I think that's the uh, trick. See, 2011, it's the yeah, four four years. So from 2007 yeah, so to 11, years, they waited. Yeah, they mm-hmm. forgot how bad it was. They're like, oh yeah. And this and this and on Stranger Tide was supposed to focus on it was just Jack. All the other characters weren't there. So in their mind, they're like, everybody's gonna love this. We're gonna focus on Jack. And it was just it was worse than the other ones. Like it just it was not a coherent movie and just was the same dumb jokes and just mentioning yeah. it. Mentioning Pirates, they just did an, another one, which I think is the last one they're doing, supposedly, though I don't believe nah, it. They'll make um, I mean, they one. said that about three, and they said that about four, so... Yeah, exactly, but my question is, did you guys see it? Like, I did I, see it. And I wanted was to, because I love Javier Bardem. I didn't think it was bad. I don't think it's great, but it's, you know, it was enjoyable. I, I it was It was much more reminiscent to the original one, which is probably why I enjoyed it a lot more, which might be a flaw now that I think about it. Like, people would probably think of that as a real negative, but, like, it's very reminiscent of the original Pirates, which is, you know, hands down the best one. So, oh, yeah. 
I think it's worth seeing if you like them. If you hate the movies, don't go see it. You won't like it. But if you like the original one, I think it's worth a, I think it's worth a gander. So. Yeah, if you're Team Ninja, you probably don't want to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's a throwback Ninjas to something. Pirates. Oh my. Yep. Okay, so I guess I'm next. My number two. Mm, I'm gonna go with X Men Origins Wolverine. Now, there's been a lot of good X-Men movies. There's been a lot of bad X-Men movies. And there's been a couple... <laughs> spectrum. There's been a couple whatever X-Men movies. But to me, hands down, the worst one is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Now, you might be able to watch this movie and enjoy it, but this movie is just a mess. It's not a good story. They ruin classic characters like Deadpool and... Even Gambit, I enjoyed, loved seeing Gambit in it, and he's only in it for like five minutes, and then he's gone, and I'm just like, dang. But he is cool when he's there. He's pretty cool when he's there. I thought it was a decent portrayal of him, and I just wanted more of him. But then, like, the grap, the, like, special effects are terrible. Like, there's a scene. Go to YouTube and type in X-Men Origins Wolverine bathroom scene, and it's when he, it's like (laughs) right after he gets his, like, the adamantium on his on his skeleton and he's like in this bathroom and he pops his claws and he looks at his claws and he like bangs them together and they spark and it is hands down one of the worst cgi things i've seen in like blockbuster movies it looks did either of you see the uh early render of that when they were they were bubbles oh no i didn't see that i I do know that like that was one of the that's one of those movies i remember in high school it leaked online yeah, without like too. without like none of the special effects, so it was like the full movie, but with zero special effects, like all the green screen still put Wait, in and stuff. Was it bubbles? As in like you have to explain that to me? No, yes. like instead of a solid, uh, I saw a version where instead of having the solid blades, the claws, it was literally like um, like like bubbles, like they were huh. just. They were, it was ridiculous. I, I mean, I don't know if it was third-party created or if it was a legitimate stand-in during the process as just a, uh, you know, mm-hmm. step in the 3D world, but it was, it was ridiculous. I'm trying it, to see it, if I can find this. I'm not seeing it in, with a quick search, but I'm going right, so to... Here's- I'm going to scour Wait. the internet later and find this because I need to see this, Tommy, now that you've described it to me. <laughs> Bubble calls are what? Uh, oh, side. What's always bugged me about that movie? And side note, that ends up being like the, you know, everybody has these random movies that just are playing on TV and you just have playing in the background while you do stuff. That seems to be like the movie that's always playing like when I'm doing housework or something else, like Why? or we're all hanging out. But I do not know. Family Guy or Futurama or something. Well, no, no, this is more like when <laughs> yeah, really. I'm at like family house, family's house, or like uh-huh. you know somewhere away, and like it just happens to be on, or like I'm in a hotel room, I turn oh, the look, TV on. TNT's playing Wolverine again. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, but all right. So what always bugged me about that movie was the bone claws. Like, is that like canon? Because yeah. that always seemed weird to me. That's is it? canon. Okay. It's it's. Okay. Uh, I think originally it, it got retconned, but I think originally back in the day he had mechanical claws and they retconned it to be that for the longest time it was retconned that Wolverine got the claws from the Weapon X experiment. His bones got metal yeah. and he got the claws. It's forever it was he didn't have them before. That was part of the experiment. And then they came out with a comic called, um, I think it's called Wolverine. I think it's just called X Men Origins, actually. 
Um, and it's it it's his origins. And when he was a kid, he, he it was the first time he popped his claws and had bone claws. But, but I think there was a, a comic before that, before they made it like officially canon, where Magneto rips the adamantium off of his bones and it nearly mm-hmm. kills him. And then after that, it's, you know, because he doesn't have the metal on his bones anymore, we, you find out that he had bone claws the whole time. So, Huh. Okay. Well, yep. there you go. Yeah, there's your little comic history thing. And then I think the origin comic came out later on. So, But anyway, that movie, eh, it's, mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think part of it goes back to, like, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, that was supposed to be the first of, like, several origin movies that if they would have done right could have been something really cool and really neat like to show the backstory of how like these characters that we've been seeing in some of these movies came to be that would have been really neat and it just kind of i I don't think think any of that ever happened no i think that was the original plan to do origin movies the problem is they can't and i get this i love and hate this about comic movies i love easter eggs and references to other things but at the same time if they wanted to do that, they didn't need to put every freaking character they could in there. Like yeah. Cyclops as a kid is in there, and Emma Stone as a kid is in there, and like there's all these like popular characters that for no reason should be in that movie, but they just throw them in because why not? And so I don't know. If they were going to do that, yeah. stuff like that's not good good decisions and not good movie making in my opinion. But yeah, so that's my all number right. two. Back to Drew. All right. So, my third one, as we start the home stretch here, is a series as a whole that I think we'll have until we die. I think it's a curse upon us now. <laughs> I forgot what you were going to talk um, about this. And I think that, you know, we we always go to the Me and my wife went to the movie theaters a lot earlier this year. We sat down and a preview started to play for the, the newest Transformers movie, The Last Night which has King Arthur and Optimus Prime, and I sat there saying, what, what, what? I've not seen this movie, so I've heard it was bad. I've not seen it, so if it is great, send me a message or something, and maybe I'll go see it. But we know it's Probably not great. Probably not there. So. But, like, the Transformers movies as a whole have made a ton of money because we're on the fifth one, and I have no doubt there's another one around the corner. I feel like that and Fast and Furious, we shall always have a Fast and Furious and we shall always have a Transformers movie until the day we die. Like they're they're, they're least, always going to be there. At least with Fast and Furious, we have The Rock. Mm-hmm. True. And True. we talked about this before. Like, at least with Fast and Furious, they've like owned up to what they are, and it is a little it's it is over the top. But as they've gotten gone on, they like own up to it. And you you go into that movie knowing what you're going to see. And if you do that, some of them can be good and enjoyable. But, like, these Transformers movies try to take themselves so serious, and they have the most convoluted, makes-no-sense continuity. Every movie is like the other one did happen, but everything that happened didn't happen. Didn't it doesn't really make happen, any yeah. sense. Every every yeah. plot, I can tell you, every plot of every Transformers I've seen, and I haven't seen the newest one, but every plot has been the bad guys show up, and there's some object or for some reason is on Earth that is going to be life or death. You know, after five movies, you think after the second one, you, the first one, you would have been like, hey, let's go gather up all these really important items that are going to show up in the next three movies, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I just, I feel like it's all flash and no substance. Uh, I think the worst one, in my opinion, out of I've seen was probably Age of Extinction, which is, came out in 2014. And this is why I remember the only reason I went to see it 
because I knew it was going to be great at that point. But I went to see it because there was a freaking T-Rex Transformers. And I don't know if you guys watched this as a kid, but like I didn't watch Transformers growing up, but I remember watching Transformers Beast Wars. Do y'all remember yes. that show? I actually just put that on my Plex this morning. Oh, yeah. man. So, like, I was like, <laughs> okay, that's kind of Beast War-y, and maybe, maybe we're getting into that realm. So I'm like, I'll go check it out, guys. That movie was so long and i'm i need to look hold on i've got it right here it was it was almost three hours okay it was two, two hours and 45 minutes i remember getting the last third of that movie after being in there two hours being like and the dinosaur hadn't shown up it shows up for like 15 minutes at the end yeah, by the way it's like the last it, it was 15 like, minutes of the movie they showed it was up. like completely pointless and like it was even at that point it was all the because here's the deal the first transformer movie you can somewhat get by because of nostalgia and because we had all these guys who watched Transformers growing up and they're like, I want to go see it. That's how it made so much money. That's how this ball got rolling. It's nostalgia rewrapped and put a lot of flash to it. But at this point, the flash is just not interesting anymore. And like, I have this thought about a lot of these movies on this list that we've talking about that no matter how flashy and technologically cool and novel and, spectacle you put in something you can't fix if you don't have a good story underneath no no amount of cgi and really cool explosions is going to fix a bad story i think and i feel like transformers as a whole shows that like they have the potential to do some really cool stories but they don't ever like the stories are never never coherent so that's Mm -hmm. why i that's why it's on my list Mm -hmm. you know you you brought that up that up drew about like the spectacle of it and whatnot and um, I know I always reference random YouTube videos I see, but I I, vi- I remember there's one done by, um, if you've ever watched Rocket Jump, it's a really good YouTube channel. They just make tons of silly videos, but they have a channel called Rocket Jump Film School. And my favorite thing is they do these little video essays every once in a while. And they did one, and the title was it of it was basically, um, you know, is CGI bad? Or like, basically, are we getting... Are we getting bored with CGI and all this other stuff? And that that was kind of what it was coming to. Is like, is everything CGI and all this other stuff? And the, it basically comes down to it doesn't matter. The CGI and stuff doesn't matter because if the story's good. And they use the prime example of Transformers as an example of it's just tons of CGI, but the story doesn't really help push it forward. But a movie like Mad Max Fury Road, which everybody talks about being amazing because of the practical effects, still uses yeah. a lot of CGI in it you just don't realize it because the story's told so well and they did yeah. use practical effects that enhance the movie so it comes down to you know are do they do, do the studios think we just want to see these big blockbuster crazy fight action scenes which are cool but like we want substance with it you know and so yeah that's a thought tommy you have any thoughts on that no i mean uh, we've pretty much covered everything. Uh, there's a general disdain for Transformers. I think it was a failed <laughs> franchise that could have been better. And I'm all for going to movies just to see explosions and things happen. But I don't, I don't even feel that Transformers is worth my time in that regard. It's not worth yeah. my money. I might watch it if I'm just bored and want to watch a movie. But, like, I don't want to give them my money. Especially with movies being as expensive as they are now, I have to be much more selective. Which is a bummer because... There's, I have a list from this year of fantastic movies that I've been told by multiple people to go see, but I just didn't see them in theaters because I just 
didn't have the time or the money and I have to be a lot more selective at what I see. I'm going to see them once mm-hmm. they come out on DVD, um, but, you know, I just haven't got, got around to them. So. Yeah. All right, Tommy, what's your last one? I know you said something about this being a little controversial. So I think I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, um, and I guess this is one of those points where I'm really thankful my Twitter handle isn't out there at the moment. <laughs> uh, yet. Yet, yet. Uh, I, I mean, you've already re- said you hate the MCU. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I really dislike Skyfall, and the James Bond you know, Skyfall, right? Y- yeah, yeah, James Bond Skyfall, and in, even if you want to go a little farther, Daniel Craig's iteration of James Bond. Mm-hmm. I gotta find it. I just saw it. I feel like watching Skyfall and enjoying it. I can't now. Going back to what we first started this conversation with about Avatar and being indifferent, I can't remember anything except they have a fight at the end and he puts screws and light bulbs to make little light bulb bombs and I thought that was cool. And I think he shot some guys with a shotgun. That's all I remember about the whole story. So I remember maybe that's walking it. Yeah, like uh walking through like an empty floor on a high rise building and there's windows and a sniper and i think that's about it i remember the villain had like taken cyanide or something like he had like a false bone face thing or tooth and he t- is that skyfall or am i thinking of a different one no that's wow. casino royale i think and he no 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 no. there's like the villain dude it is skyfall the villain dude like when they meet he has like a like a fake tooth that he takes out and it makes his whole face droop and apparently like he took tried to take take cyanide because he was a spy and he got tri- captured and it didn't kill him but it like really messed him up or whatnot because because the whole that's the dude he comes after him and that's how they end up out in the out in the middle of nowhere right that's skyfall right yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah is that, i just remember is that, that uh, scene and i remember i remember liking it but i'm having a hard time remembering why so that may that that may speak volumes in itself <laughs> um so Tommy, enlighten us why it's on your list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. I just feel that it's over hyped. It's just one of those that falls in the overhyped category for me. Um, you know, amongst my peers and colleagues, it was you know Roger Deakins is the cinematographer on that, and um, who does fantastic work. Uh, you know, I love No Country for Old Men and. Mm. He's got a, he's got a lot of amazing titles under his belt, and so I remember going in being like, "Oh, this movie's gonna blow my mind," and just being so bored. Mm-hmm. It was like I was watching Transformers three all over again. <laughs> I it, okay, so those are very different movies, Transformers yeah. three so, and Skyfall, and yet I remember about as much of oh, both. It there made one point one billion. Jeez. Um, and I, this is—I meant to mention this with Star, with not Star Wars, with Transformers. So I mentioned earlier that like the the overseas can be a big factor in these movies. Transformers is a prime example. They make tons of money in China. Like specifically, China loves the Transformers movies. And if that—if you don't believe me, go back and watch um, Age of Extinction, where the second half of the movie is in like Beijing. And the reason they did that was because they have a huge—like it wasn't for plot or anything. They did it because they have a huge um, 
like following in China. And so they did that for that most recent one for that sole reason. Had nothing to do with the plot or anything. It's just where they ended up. But um, it, you know, for the Transformers movies, about 70% of it's worldwide comes from um, overseas, which, you know, it's probably a pretty average number. It's the same thing for Skyfall. About 70% of the 1.1 million was overseas, which is a little more interesting that so many people overseas watched a James Bond movie. Which I can understand. Yeah, well, I guess we also. Stuff, but I mean, we like to think that we're the biggest country in the world, and true. we're not. I mean, we're we're a mere fraction of yeah the entire population. No, that's true. But I, I think it's interesting depending on the movies, and and why I say that is um, example. Okay, um, so for the Transformers movies, you know, it's a lot more, a ton more of uh, overseas. You know, of course that number is going to be bigger, but what was it where is it um rogue one the most recent star wars movie made w- right at 1 billion a little over and it's a fif- oh, it's almost exactly a 50/50 split which is kind of crazy wow. to think about that in the US we watched it so much that it out it actually did more we made more domestic than we did worldwide with that movie and that could go you could look out of that as overseas didn't want to watch that movie as much or you could look at it as it was just extremely popular over here and i mean we spend a ton of freaking money on movies going going to see movies over here so i just think it's it's worth mentioning i guess is what i'm getting at yeah so i will say on skyfall i remember enjoying it i can't really really remember much about it but i will say i've not i don't i don't care for daniel craig as james bond he's not my favorite and I'm kind of ready for a new one. I've been ready for a new one since Skyfall, and apparently he's doing yeah. one more, even though every time they do one, he says he's not going to do another one. And I just want a new James he, Bond because he's yeah, a cool... He cracks me up. He's a cool... He's an action-packed James Bond. And to me, my James Bond is half and half. He can do all the action stuff, but he is suave, and I just don't yeah. feel like... To me, and this isn't my opinion, I don't think Daniel Craig's that good of a James Bond. He's not suave enough. But I mean, it just cracks on that. I read an interesting article. Um, it may have been on Variety or, or one of those. Um, and they were talking about James, uh, Daniel Craig shouldn't come back to play James Bond because when um, Sean Connery did, Sean Connery had like a 12-year hiatus. When he came back, it just totally bombed. And they're like, learn from Sean's mistake. Mm-hmm. Stop while you're ahead. Yeah, I'd agree yeah. with that. I just want something new. Because, like, Piers Brosnan, a lot of people, he wasn't their favorite. But, like, that's the James Bond I grew up with. That's the one. Well, I, was saying, I mean, yeah. I went back and I we watched a lot of the old ones when we were younger. But, oh, like, they're horrible. That was, those were the ones I remember. And, like, GoldenEye was amazing. GoldenEye. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies was meh. There was what was the one? There was the one with the 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 like thing that was sinking the submarines. I can't remember what it was, but that one was super good. The day after tomorrow. Yeah. Was that one the day after tomorrow? Is that? Yeah, that's a 007 movie. I know. I don't remember. I think a regular movie about the world ending. Maybe. <laughs> that, is, that is a movie about the world ending is the day after tomorrow what is the name anyway there's too many james bonds we're gonna get them all mixed up anyway i just remember like i love i loved pierce brosnan now some of those movies aren't good but like that's that's what i remember that and looking back at the old sean connery and and everything so i think pierce brosnan's age was one where they kind of embraced 
the cheesiness yeah, in a way. I think so. I miss listen, I miss Q. I miss the cheesy spy Q. I, I'm glad they brought him back and they have a new Q yeah. and I like that character, but I do miss I like how that they've made him modern and more techy and stuff, but like I miss the cheesiness that of like the old gadgets and stuff. I'd like to see some of that of come things, back. I think that's one of the things I liked about the Kingsman movie is like some of that cheesy ridiculousness was in there. Mm-hmm. Um that was I mean ridiculous. That's the best word for it, but it just felt like an old James Bond movie. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of part of the movie, I think. Yeah. You need a pin that can blow somebody up mm-hmm. or, you know, a, a grappling hook or you name it. Right. <laughs> All right. So I believe I have one more and we will be done. So my last one, I thought long and hard on this, and I decided to pick The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. It made $950 million worldwide. It made 258. Oh wait, no, that's Desolation or Small. They're right next to each other. Hold on. It made 255 million domestic. I love Lord of the Rings. I love Tolkien. I love most of this stuff, and I enjoyed. I love The Hobbit. They should never have made three movies. And the last one is just a long, just cons- like the. I remember seeing it and coming out of it going, that just was too much. It was nonstop, like. The fighting started and it kept going and it kept going and then we finished and then another fighting started and we kept going and then something else showed up and I was just exhausted by the end of it and like so I don't it's just the longer these movies have been out I think the more people are starting to like actually talk about how I think when they first came out everybody was like it was like almost taboo it's like no 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 you can't say anything bad about the Hobbit because Lord of the Rings was so good but I literally saw a thing going around Facebook today that said it's time to admit it, everybody. The Hobbit movies are worse than the Star Wars prequels. And I was like, ooh. Mm, and I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I... I will. I, I agree with Tommy, that. Well, I, <laughs> no, I have disdain for those, mm-hmm. so, for the Hobbits. I am a big Hobbit fan. I've read the book, like, a, probably more, maybe more than... I've read it, reread it, like, three or four times. And, like, I was frustrated they made it into three movies. Because, personally... They should have done the guy's journey all the way up to Mirkwood and get through Mirkwood, and then they should have gone from Mirkwood until the end of the story. That would have been a great... I felt like Mirkwood was a great halfway point for the story as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but what ended up happening is you ended up having the first movie just being really slow and boring because you stay in the Shire forever because you do in the book, which was cool, but like it just never got anywhere. And then I felt like the second movie was probably the best out of all of them. It really, I felt balanced telling the story and having some really cool actions going on. But then the third one was just... It was just not necessary. They could have wrapped up everything in the second movie. And I know it would have been long in two movies, but man, it would have been a lot better, I think. Mm-hmm. Wait, you mean longer? Because those movies were so well, yeah. Well, and again, and this goes back to taking a book to movie or you know other mediums translation back to it. They would have been long, but I feel like you could have done. You could have cut and edited it down into two movies and done it justice it felt like a money grab by then oh, it to absolutely make was movies. i from what i understand and i haven't done a lot of research on it but from what i understand there was a lot of studio interference with this movie because there was really just supposed to be one and then they lost the director and they kind of forced james Ca- or not james cameron um 
Peter Jackson Peter into Jackson. it and they because they wanted to do two and then they decided they were going to make it into a trilogy. And so I don't think it's necessarily his fault. Um, but, you know, it's I do use the movies as a way of t- kind of teaching pacing to my friends who don't have a hard time understanding pacing in movies. I use the Hobbit trilogy as an example because the first movie, the pacing's pretty slow. The second movie, the pacing's pretty good. It's pre- it's pretty solid pacing, and then the last movie, the pacing's terrible. It's too much. It's too fast. So, do do you, do you agree with that, Tommy? Yeah, yeah, that's for for like the average fair. consumer of but, of trying to understand pacing. That well, I, that's kind of how I use I, it. I should also hold back though, because I literally couldn't make it past the first one. Oh well, there so you go. So. I can't speak on <laughs> to it. So I enjoyed the second one probably the best. The first one was a little slow. I enjoyed the second one, and the last one was just way too much. So that's my last one. Um, and that's it. That's our list, guys. Um, yeah. honorable mention, because Tommy didn't mention this one, but I know he wanted to. Was Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? Um, I like parts of that movie, but like overall, it's a hot mess. I, it, I there's yeah. I think I think I could pick pull think some things out and maybe make it a decent Indiana Jones movie, but like there's a lot going wrong. And I had another one yeah. as an honorable mention. I don't remember what it was. Fast and Furious for me, like I do not like those movies. Okay, so, so for Drew, I Fast and Furious, but they, I like the Fast and Furious. I mean, they're not great, but I enjoy them. The I haven't seen the newest one. I really want to. I enjoyed Seven. I went for my birthday this year. We went theater hopping, That's and fun. um. The newest Fast and Furious was one. I, I'm so far behind. I remember seeing one through three, but nothing in between that. And um, this one was hilarious. I loved it. I think it's fantastic because it's ridiculous. It, you know, mm-hmm. over the, the last, top and enjoyable. Yeah. Well, in the last one I went and saw, I don't know which one it was, but they were like pulling a bank vault out oh, of some place like with chargers. And I was just like. That's my favorite one. Like that's to me that's the one that's that like to me that's the one that like before they like the first two kind of stand out by themselves. Tokyo Drift was meh besides introducing Han as a character who I love. And then they did four was meh. Five was the first one to me that they owned up to the just this is over the top and we're just gonna own up to it and make a this kind of crazy movie. And like I loved it because of that. And after that I've just enjoyed them they're not great but i've just enjoyed every single one of them since after five um i really want to see the newest one plus the i i kind of teared up in the end of the seventh one with the paul walker tribute man got me a little bit so right in the feels feels when that car like drifts off and you know the the paul walker song plays but so uh what you guys been binging this boom that segue into what you binge watching oh tommy that was that was clutch, man. Um, let me let me go first. I've been binge watching two things. Uh, well, one I've only really been binging is um, season three of Voltron came up on Netflix. Apparently, I don't know if it I happened this week or if I just noticed it this week, but um, I've already finished it. It's short. I think it's only like five episodes. But I did notice this when I finished it the next season comes out in October. So I think they're doing this, like introducing like five episode seasons, like within three month spans, which I'm oh, totally down cool. with because it was really, enjoyable yeah, to okay watch. and it, it, it kind of ends abruptly, which the first season did that at first season kind of ended. And then the second season kind of felt, felt like it closed out that arc. It kind of felt the same way where this kind of feels, feels like it just kind of ended suddenly. Um, 
but I was happy because they had a little preview and then it was like October 13th or whatnot, season four. And I was like, cool. I don't mind waiting a couple months. So that's good. If you've not watched Voltron, the, I love the old original one, but it's really old and hard to watch. This is done by DreamWorks and is fantastic. If you've not seen it, give it a shot. It's really fun. Um, the other thing, I watched the movie The Wall. Have y'all heard of this? Hmm. It's I've heard of the movie. Uh, it. Oh, it's the yeah. war movie where Ugh. the dude like about the dude who gets like trapped behind the wall by the sniper and like the dude the sniper is on the radio. Oh, not the one I'm. Thinking yeah, this is of. okay. So it, the premise of it is there's a sniper team who's went out to check this thing, and basically this dude gets pinned down behind this wall by like the best sniper ever or whatnot. But the they like it. It's just super good. Like it. It. It wasn't anything groundbreaking but like it i i saw that i liked the premise i watched it and it hooked me in the first few minutes and it was just it just kept me interested the whole movie until i was like i need huh. to know how this ends because i'm so intrigued by this simple concept of this soldier who is stuck behind this wall pinned down and like yeah. running out of time and whatnot so definitely worth seeing, I've seeing that advertised. Mm-hmm. so that's what i've been binge watching what about you guys well i have been playing VR a lot. <laughs> yeah, you have. Um, <laughs> I know we did our VR episode last week, and you know uh, I've just been playing a lot of VR games. I, I beat Robo Recall. Um, now I'm going back for like high scores, which is really fun. Um, hey, did you see the new? Uh, was it Line Echo or whatever? Lone the Echo? Lone Echo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to get that. I, I have, I have not bought that yet. That will probably be the next game I buy. It looks really when- good. When you buy it, let me know, and I'm going to come camp at your house for like three days. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, so, actually, Tommy, I, I just found out this past week that Alien Isolation, which I know is one of your favorite games, yes. just had an update where you can play the whole game in VR. Which, yeah, on PlayStation, I, I think. Uh, or you is can it play on it on, Oculus, you play it on Oculus, too. Dude, Dude I don't know if I can handle that anticipation, well, man. Like, that game. Yeah. That game. Mm-hmm. Mm. I saw I, the article I saw says if you've got the fortitude to handle this, he says, because I'm a grown man and I can't do it. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been doing. Uh, the coolest thing I've been playing is I just played at my friend's uh, Josh's house last night, actually, um, a game called Audio Shield. So this is one of these cool games that only could really happen in VR. But basically, you're standing on a platform <clears throat> in virtual reality and you've got two shields on each arm. One's orange and one's blue. And then it's a it's a rhythm game, but you can the really neat thing about it is it's not like Guitar Hero or, or Rock Band or some of these where they have preset songs you have to pay for new songs. No, like you can put any music into it, anything uh, MP3 file you have. You can do a YouTube link and it'll work. And it takes it and it makes a rhythm game out of it where you're blocking these uh, like blue and orange beats coming at you, and you've got to like. Huh. And it's it's so cool and like it's kind of difficult actually but it's really really neat um where you've got this like rhythm game that wouldn't work anywhere else but in vr so that's what i've been kind of spending my time on and uh it's really cool tommy you should check out audio shield you you think it's really neat yeah i'm i'm definitely gonna have to check that out uh in the meantime while i can't afford an oculus um i've been splitting my time between uh rebecca and i just started watching uh house of cards i know we're super far behind on that train Um, it's 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 really good i i'm actually really enjoying it um 
you know, I remember trying to watch it the first time it dropped originally, and spoiler alert, in that first episode where, he, like, in the first five minutes, he has to put that dog out of his misery. Like, I literally, I couldn't make it past that. I just couldn't do it. Um, but I've been splitting my time between House of Cards and uh, I'm, I picked up Stephen King's It, and I'm trying to read it before I go see... The, the movie. first movie coming out next month. Mm. That thing looks scary, dude. The trailer. I am. Yeah, it's funny because I'm actually not a horror movie guy. Uh, that's not typically my realm, but there's something about this new one that I just. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm going to go opening night. Nice. Cool. Well, that's what we've been spending our time on, and that's what we've been binging. Drew, tell us where they can find us awesome hey thank you so much for spending this time with us if you would like to connect with us we have a lot of different ways to do that you can connect with us on facebook twitter instagram all of those should be the valkyrie cast um our podcast itself is hosted at a website called podbean that you can listen to right off a web browser if you're at a computer that's not your primary one or if you just want to pull it up on someone's phone without downloading anything we are on itunes um, as well as on our website, thevalkyriecast.com. And the thing that would help us the most, if you could, especially if you're on iTunes, is if you take a moment, review us, let us know how things are going. Helps people find us more. Uh, helps us get better. Uh, and, yeah, just connect with us. Come say hi. Uh, we're uh, getting better at this, and we're really, really enjoying it. So connect with us at The Valkyrie Cast. Sweet. Thanks for listening, guys, and see you next time. We are The Valkyrie Cast. Pew, pew.